Amen. It is lovely to be with you guys this morning. And it's a privilege to bring a word. And Mike, I just want to say from the outset, you, you do really well for someone who doesn't know what's going on uh, or who doesn't know how to lead. Eh? Uh, yeah, I do feel like you actually need to stop saying that because you're lying to yourself and to us. Um, <laughs> and uh, you're doing well, bro. Come on. Sorry, I'm moving all this stuff. <laughs> uh, this week, uh, in Mike's defense, he's going, yes, bro, I just haven't heard a thing, you know? And that's a, that's a disconcerting thing when, you, when you're trusting God to lead a meeting like this. I've always said, I would way rather preach uh, than lead a meeting because preach you can prep for, in a sense, and the Lord can still change that for sure. But when leading a meeting, you're on the spot and you're going, God, what are you doing? And there's almost like a responsibility to go, okay, open-handed, you have your way. And, and, and in a sense, actually lead us into what we feel uh, like the Lord is doing this morning. So, so well listened, bro. It's good. Uh, it's an uncomfortable space, and, but it's, a, it's a, an amazing space to just be able to serve Jesus. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And um, man, just even those, those words, Bobby, you must be a proud mom, hey? Uh, to have your son come and lead like this. He's been a massive, uh, him and Mal and Shante have been massive to us. Eh? So thank you guys again, again and again and again for coming through and for blessing us. Uh, they are also coming through from Sunningdale like the rest of some of you guys. And so thanks for joining us. Um, but there has been no one like him and there never will be. Um, and uh, everything in me wants to actually cause us to just stand and sing that over and over and over again. And, and I don't want us to lose the heart of that this morning. That... Uh, I think it's been the, the vein throughout the weeks is that it is all from Him, and it's all through Him, and it is all to Him, and we, we won't say, see anything different, um, uh, I, and I want to encourage us with that this morning, uh, is that it's everything that we do, and it was the uncomfortable space that Mike was talking about, he says, Jeez, you know, this, this one we're really going to have to rely on the Lord, and that is what it's about, that is what it's about, it's just the, as came through Bodine as well, it's not about the strength of men. Um, but it's about trusting in God for everything. So this morning, I'm excited to, to share on um, a scripture which we started, uh, well, actually preached which we started two weeks ago. So if you guys were here two weeks ago, you may have heard the, the start of this. And so I'm going to repeat some things because I do feel like it actually is somewhat of a foundation that we want to build on. And you're only going to get half the word if we, if we start with, uh, you know, if we only do half of it, okay? So we're working through what it looks like to be fast, Okay, FAST. And FAST, uh, can you remember what the acronym was or is? The F is for? Faithful. Okay, some guys are listening. That's good. All right. A is for? Available. Suzanne, you're on it. The S is for? We haven't done these yet, so steadfast. Okay, and the T is for? Teachable. Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, and so we're going to look at, through, look at that, and I, I want to give us a little bit of context this morning, because if you were not with us, you may feel like you've missed out on just something. Um, and so I want to run through it this morning, and I'm going to ask, are you guys good? Are you going to stick with me? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to race through this, um, but I, want to, I just want to give us a little bit of a platform. So we're working out of a, a scripture in Philippians 3, um, and I'm going to read it for us. It says, but whatever were gains to me, this is now Paul. Uh, gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And he goes on to say in verse 10, I want to know Jesus. Yes, I want to know Jesus. And he, he, basically in this, this scripture, he's telling us, I'll do anything. Okay, I can't all things rubbish, man. I just want to know Christ. And, and for us this morning, and the, the verse that I want to focus on this morning is verse 12, where it says, not that I have already obtained this, all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that to which Christ has taken a hold of me. And so the title in this is actually not fast. I think that's one of the, one of the grids that we will view, view this through and, and, and an acronym that actually makes this easy for us to remember. But this morning, what I, what the, the point of this message is for us as those who know God, and maybe you're here this morning and you don't yet know God, and that's okay. 
but for us that know God to actually take a hold of what it is that He is asking of us and to live a life that is worthy of the calling to which He has called us to. And so we're going to be working off this scripture, but the reality is that if you've come to know God and you recognize Him as your Lord and Savior, He says that actually He would have removed your heart of stone and given you a heart of flesh and then on top of that, given you His Spirit, His very Spirit. He's put that inside of you. So if there is somewhat of the seed of the Spirit inside of you, there will be a yearning for your life to matter for God. Am I correct? Okay. Sometimes those seeds, it's like, and we'll pick up on some of the things that choke those seeds. Um, but we need to realize that if there is no longer that longing, we need to be watchful. We need to be careful. What is those things that are actually choking that seed? Because if he is alive and in you, yes, we dead to sin, but we, not, we must be made alive to Christ. Okay, so God wants to use us. Okay, can you say that? God wants to use me. You can even say me. Make it personal. Okay, yes, us, but you. Okay, and there, uh, there must be that reality that in your life there is a longing to be used by Christ. Okay, um, so a good question to ask is, am I fast? Am I fast? And I'm not saying fast in terms of we're moving quickly, fast as in firm, firm and uh, steadfast. And that's one of the things that we're going to touch on, okay? Um, and so that acronym which we spoke of, faithful, available, steadfast, and teachable. So under faithful, you know, one of the things that we could touch on is, oh, are you faithful with your time? Are you faithful with your money? And that you'll hear often. But I actually think that the root uh, is probably faithful with our hearts, with our hearts before God. Are you faithful with your heart before God? And what I mean by that is, you know, in Judges, in Judges 2, uh, we picked up on this. I'm not going to read all of it. I don't even think I gave you that scripture uh, for a purpose. Okay, Judges 2, 6.15, you can go read it in your own time. But basically, it's, it's the account where Joshua calls all the leaders together once they've taken uh, the most of the land. And he starts to apportion the leaders back or, or the tribes back the, their inheritance. And that's a good thing. It's their inheritance. And yet there's, there's this uh, there's one thing he leaves them with. He says, I charge you before the Lord that as you go into these lands, do not um, cling to the remnant of those nations. Do not enter into covet, uh, co covenant in marriages with them. Okay. And you can guess what they did. <laughs> okay. Uh, they started to, started to actually fold on certain things. And, um, and so the, the, un, the unfaithfulness of Israel uh, went into serving other gods, and actually the very God, their God, the God God's people, um, actually started serving Baals, and God was actually against them. He no longer fought for them. And the analogy there was that, in a sense, they were asked to do something, and they were unfaithful with it, with their hearts before God. They started to go after things of the world, things that were attractive, things of idols, actually, is what they went to. And so we picked up on the idols. Do you guys remember what the idols were? I'm sorry, I'm going quickly. So if, if I'm losing you, you can watch two weeks ago's preach. Okay, that will explain a lot more. So idols, it was also an acronym. It was items, duties, others. Yes, some guys are listening. I love this. Eh? The cheat sheets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can trust Francois. Eh? <laughs> okay, and L4 longings, all right, suffering. So items, things that we hold dear, you know, like things, you know, materialistic items, okay, that take the space and we find our value in them. Duties, things that we do, kids' sports or our own sports or things that we, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, uh, cool, this, I was tuning this morning that he says, no, nah, I'm working out. So I said, no, that's cool, bro. Just remember that this working out in the spirit's good for this life and the one to come. But if you do both, you're champion, bro. So, so <laughs> duties, okay. Others, how others perceive us. Okay, I told the story that, uh, you know, like, is my identity attached to my surfing? was many years ago. And then I realized, well, when the, the lady drives down the road the other day in front of all my older guys I'm trying to connect with here in the town and goes, hello, Dwomini! And then like, Ugh! you know, like all of a sudden it's just, is my identity wrapped up in that thing? Am I caring what other people think? Jacques, don't laugh so hard, eh? <laughs> And, um, and then, what was it? Longings. The longings of our heart, man. If I can only have that, then, Lord, I will serve you with everything I have. 
Um, and then also the sufferings. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've gone through. Um, the sufferings, man. And, and it's the challenging one. I can I say this? I'm going to take this one a little bit further, which I didn't last time. Um, is that that very thing that Ryan Kingsley picked up on recently, the self-pity, that bomb that wants to go off. Watch, be watchful. Let us be watchful for that thing. That self-pity, that you're not only seeing things from our perspective, always from this perspective of God and of others. Um, because actually what happens is we start trusting God for, I mean, we start to enjoy the pain more than we trust God for a healing. And we start mentioning that stuff a bit too much. And actually it's not glorifying. Um, so can we watch that one? Okay, so that was the, hide, the idols. And, and the whole thing behind that was really that actually we want to move forward in God. We want to take hold of that. We want to press on. And it all sounds high and mighty, but the, the Lord will not share His glory. And if there's idols in our lives, and we had a good time, I would say it's probably the best response we've had as a congregation, was actually being able to go before God and give our hearts and go, Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful that you're the one that, uh, that we're following, the perfect example. And so we can come to you and we can lay these things down, these things that we've picked up along the way. And, and it was just incredible, the, the response that we've had and, and how people actually turned and repented. And um, I was really encouraged by that, really encouraged. Um, I've probably run far ahead of my notes, but that's okay. What did you say? <laughs> I can come back here, <laughs> bring it back. Okay, so the Lord is looking for those who are faithful men and women. Okay, not those who are looking for their idols. And so the, the analogy was that you, you may feel like you're hitting the ceiling, like there's nowhere to grow, there's nowhere to go. And uh, it's because the Lord will not share His glory. And some of the questions are left with us were... Um, so how are we doing with those he's entrusted to you? And you say, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm not a leader. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> okay, how, <laughs> Elaine, you're also laughing way too hard. Eh? Um, <laughs> but how are you doing with those he's entrusted to you? And what I mean by that is, yes, you may not be a leader. You may not call to be an elder. You may never become an elder. That's not the point. The, you know, the Lord, when he said, go, therefore, make disciples, that was a general call. You're a disciple of a disciple of a disciple. You came to know God some, some way. And yeah, it might have been through someone else sharing on a Sunday or however you came to know God. But there was a sense that someone had to carry that message. How will they know if I do not go? Hey? <laughs> All right. So are, how are we doing with those entrusted to you? It can be in a community setting. It can be um, in a job setting. Uh, again, I was speaking to Corbus this morning. It's like, man such an opportunity to get into people's homes and to really journey with people. And those would probably be the hard people to deal with. But it's small ones along the way, small seeds that are dropped. And trust God for those things. Eh? Um, and, and look at it differently. Look at your time differently when you spend it with people. Constantly inquiring of God, Lord, how do you want to, how do you want to, and it may not be that conversation, but at least you've inquired. <laughs> okay. Um, so how are we doing with those who's entrusted? And are you a part of this family? So a good question to ask yourself is, would the person next to me, I can realize we've got some visitors, good per, uh, but a good question would be, would the person next to me say that I'm a faithful follower and I'm a trustworthy friend of Jesus and one another? <laughs> and that's, a, that's sometimes like, yeah, that's a little bit of a, you know, because if you're not around, it's very hard for someone to count on you. Okay, and so God's looking for those who are faithful in those areas, all right? So that's why we always say, you know, I, I think a couple of weeks ago I chatted on, uh, I chatted, I preached on, on the ABCs, what it looks like to abide, belong, contribute. I said to Stace, I missed it. He said, why? So I said, no, in the, in the um, belong, I said, it's good to belong to something, but I didn't make it, and I said, yeah, sure, we're members of one another, and so there were aspects of but I said that, actually, I don't know if guys heard the fact that when you're not here, <laughs> can someone count on you? Not on me, because if everyone's counting on me, we're in deep trouble. <laughs> okay. Uh, even even the, the most pastoral amongst us, if you count on them alone, we're in trouble. Okay. That's why it's the ministry of the saints. Okay. The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. It's everyone's responsibility. Okay. So, are we... Faithful, uh, a faithful follower and friend 
or just a regular attendee. Okay. Are we available? That's the A. And I'm going to run through this quickly. I'm sorry. But uh, availability and not ability. Okay. If it was on ability, I could tell you right now, we wouldn't have been planting here. Okay. Um, there are measures of what the Lord's given us and gifted us with. But I can tell you right now, there are far greater leaders out there to be able to take things, take things forward. He's not so worried about the ability. Okay. But the um, is, is wanting the available. And so our hearts are available to be used by him. And so available, you may think, time. Ah, don't just forget about time. Just look at the heart. Because <laughs> if the heart's right, you'll make time. Okay. So I'm re-preaching this stuff, but I want to give us a foundation, all right? Um, and are you willing? Because you can have all the time in the world, but if you're not willing, uh, it's very hard to be used by God. Okay, and we picked up on Haggai 1, 2, verses 9. And this is, uh, I want to say, re um, relevant to today's preach as well. So I want to read through it with you because I actually, this hit home. <laughs> this hit real hard. And that's the one that's, you know, been sent here to plant the church. I, I discussed with the leaders this, this week. I said, you know, that since we're here and we planted and we moved and we're doing all these things, you know, we have not arrived, eh? <laughs> that there's much to do. Actually, we haven't even started yet. I think that's what you said. No, we haven't even started yet. And that's an exciting thing, man. Uh, but I was hit, this scripture hit home as I read it. It was Haggai 1, verses 2 to 9. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. When the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet, it, was, it is time for you yourselves, sorry, is it a time for yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put, it in, put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. And as I read that, I was like, oh, my goodness. It's like something of the fear of God uh, gripped my heart again and go, sure, Lord, do I count this of most importance? Do I count this of most importance? Or am I busy with my paneled houses? <laughs> Am I busy with my paneled houses? And I, and I hope that hitting home for you guys, because in a sense, what we're going to share now in terms of being steadfast and teachable, this is, I want to say, to the very basis, we need to come in, things need to come into alignment for us to really realize how important this is, um, because we ultimately, everything that we do is displaying some sort of an image. All right. So is our primary goal still the king and the kingdom? Are you still saying yes to Jesus? Are you available? Thinking about Matthew, the tax collector, um, John and Peter and the fishermen. <laughs> Put down your nets. Leave your booths. <laughs> leave the comfort of Malkos. Leave the comfort of wherever you've come from and whatever you've gone through. Are we still saying yes in following Jesus? It's a good question to ask ourselves, okay, because the Lord is looking for available men and women. Okay, so... That was the platform, and I'm hoping to just expound on that a little bit more when it comes to being steadfast and teachable. And this morning, steadfast for me, is like something's, I don't know if you've known, but like in, in our time together, that scripture in, in uh, Colossians about the preeminence of God has come up like two, three times. And this is actually what we're going to, the last part of that is what we're going to be looking at today. So it's amazing just how, if you, if you watch what God's been doing throughout the time, how he makes himself known, eh? And just as I think of steadfastness, it's like, what are some of the things that come to mind? Some examples. Don't you have notes on this? Well, you should have notes, Francois. <laughs> Steadfast, what comes to mind? Keep on standing, okay? Not wavering, rock solid. Very cool. Consistent, very, very good. Dependable, rooted, very cool. What do you say? Good foundations. 
Beautiful. Okay, so you guys knew more than I did when I started looking at this, clearly. Um, <laughs> but it was good. It's good to actually ask those questions. And God, God you know, like I think Stay said to me this week, she said, yes, you know how many, babe, do you remember how many times it mentioned his steadfast love? I think it was 187 times or something like that. And so if I think of steadfast, I mean, that's probably one of the best examples given. Steadfast. Think of the Father's love toward us. <laughs> and that's steadfast. Unchanging. Uh, rooted. It's a good, it's a firm foundation. Um, it's consistent. It's never changing. It's unwavering. Um, and, and those kind of give context to what these scriptures then speak about. It says Colossians 1.23, and we can put that up. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. And so under the hope of the gospel, we look two, two um, scriptures back, and it actually says there what it is. It says that you were, you were once um, alienated and hostile in mind, which means nothing could take control there. It's like you've become hostile to God, His ways of thinking, how He wants to use you. Uh, alienated, it feels like, well, you know... You're separate too. There's just no connect. Uh, you're hostile in mind, and, and actually, you're busy with your evil deeds. Now, that sounds quite hectic. That could be witchcraft, sure. <laughs> or it also could be just spending more time with that bicycle that you bought for 100K that is actually an idol in your life that should have, you know. Uh, and so evil deeds just might look slightly different in this case too. Okay, but in two, in two chapters later, it says this. In Colossians 3, verses 1, it says... If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so when you look at that and you go, okay, cool, well, how cool is this if I look at the love of God and have the steadfastness of His love for me, the unwavering, unchanging, rooted, firm foundation. Well, what sort of hope does that put within me that when this world shakes, <laughs> that I'm not of it, uh, and that it can shake as hard as it like, but as long as I'm rooted in Him and I remain steadfast in Him, shake, shake baby, shake. Okay. And it's not like we're looking for the shaking, but when it comes, we're standing firm. Okay. And so there's, I've also heard this thing, which I kind of want to balance in us a little bit. I've heard this thing where they say, you know, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. And so, yes, I want to say yes, I agree with that in some ways. Uh, it's actually <laughs> it's a thing that we would have said for many years. My parents are here today. And, uh, we, we grew up saying that. Are we in the world but not of it? And as I considered that a little bit more, I thought, but we're still in it. We're still in it. <laughs> and so, what is our response in that? In that? Because I think, for me, um, that stability is a comfort, Yes. But we should never forgo the responsibility that the Lord has asked of us. And so what is that? It's to love like He loved. Love one another. <laughs> that they would know who I am. <laughs> okay. To honor. To honor even the government. <laughs> okay. The hardest of times. Okay. But we're called to honor. Honor the emperor. And, and so by that, actually, the world is looking at this image. And they're going, wow. How? The, how? How, in a time like this, are they able to just be, I want to say happy-go-lucky, but it's just, uh, just be, remain steadfast and stable. It's incredible to look at someone where their whole world should be falling apart, and yet they are rooted and they're standing and they, hey? That's incredible. I would love to get that close. We were challenged even on that this morning. It's like whenever, we, <laughs> whenever I'm prepping a preach, it's like, I love my boy, hey? And my wife is an incredible mother. Uh, but I look, I look at it sometimes, and he, it's like, oh, hell breaks loose in our house. It's like, seriously, I mean, I've never, it's like he screams, he screams like 10 times the amount when there's prepping or something happening. It's like, because the enemy knows, man. He'll do whatever he can to stop that, especially when he's speaking on steadfast. That's hectic. It's like, am I unwavering now? It feels like my brain's loose in my head. Never mind, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so he'll put you, put you into the test there. Um, but pass your tests. Okay, so it's, it's an incredible thing, but don't forgo the responsibilities, because actually, uh, the next scripture I'll have a look at, it says, you know, to love, to honor, to make disciples, and so we're in the world, we're not of it, but we're still in it, and so, um, you know, don't, don't allow, you know, the Lord has work to do, 
So don't take yourself out of that. Don't just remain in the faith that you're no longer in the fight, as Uncle Will would always say. Remain in the fight too, that there's something to take a hold of here that I need to press on because I have a role to play. Lord, you want to use me. Um, so we're just not passing our days until we pass into glory. But we actually were taking along others along with us. So when we mention something like encounter, and you're going like, oh, it's another thing. Um, honestly, sometimes it does feel like that. But if we really position ourselves, posture ourselves before God and go, Lord, what is of most importance? Am I returning to my paneled houses? Because I'd rather be at home doing a poiki with the family on the Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if we honestly bring our hearts before God, I asked the leaders this week, was a question that we got asked at the leaders' time with Brian. He said, what do you secretly see your life becoming as you get older? And I was like, don't ask that, you know? <laughs> and that's a hard question to ask because if we actually position our hearts before God and you go, oh, there's so much in there that feels like, I said to the leaders, it feels like we're handing our, uh, like a, a letter in and we want God to sign it so badly, but we've actually already signed on the bottom. We're just kind of trying to pass that thing, you know? And, <laughs> and we've got to be careful of that. We've got to be careful of that. Make sure it's in God, hey? It's the safest place to be. Safest place to be. Is this making sense? Okay. All right. So don't forgo the responsibility of still being in this world. And, part, and that is actually, in many ways, remaining steadfast. It's not shying away. It's not retreating. Uh, the Lord says, I will have no, I take no pleasure in those who, what is it? Who step back. Um, another word for that. I forget this. I forget the terminology now. Shrink back, that's it. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, because of this, okay, because of the victory that we've received, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So we, when I say don't forgo your responsibilities, we will often say, you know, well, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of it. And I'm laboring this a bit because I, I want us to get this. And then we pray a prayer like the Lord's Prayer, and He says, well, as it's in heaven, so it should be on earth. So what does that look like? <laughs> and who's the Lord chosen to use? By, in His wonder, He's chosen to use us. Sometimes I go, God, was there not a better animal, you know, that would be just more obedient and less, yeah? <laughs> oh, sometimes I think dogs are more... <laughs> Let me not go any further. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen dogs and then I've seen dogs. <laughs> anyway. Um, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable. And here's the key word, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Okay. Always and in. Always and in. Are you consistently, steadfastly doing everything that the Lord has asked of you? Have you taken a hold of, really taken a hold of? And I'm not taking a hold of to just hold on to it, but to actually freely give, you know? Like you, you take a hold of that which the Lord has taken a hold of you for. So what has He taken a hold of you? Now consider Anton. We listened to a prophetic word that was given to us this morning. And the guy says, engineers will sit next to guys who wax boards for a living. And I thought, this guy has no cooking clue who Anton is and that he's even in this town. <laughs> And, and, I, and I go, wow, who's the engineer, God? <laughs> and I wonder how you're going to partner together. And so, like, I'll, I'll, my brain goes already, oh, Lord, what do you want to do here? How do you want to do it? But it's like I can see something on, on Anton's life. I don't know how it's going to play out yet. But everything in me as a leader wants to go, come on. Come on, Anton. Don't you dare settle. Okay. It's like you need to take, for, for what needs to happen here, you need to take a hold of what the Lord's taken a hold of you for. Okay. Be steadfast is to endure, okay, despite the struggle. So when our country shakes and there's other stuff happening, and even this town, I think back to Krach. I don't know if you guys know about the Krach, but I was on all the groups. I tried to be a good pastor, and then I think I left the groups. I was like, okay, this is civilian pursuits, Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry on with the work that you've called me to. Um, but it was like, Krach, man, it was like the... 
you know, the taking back of, of our land in Azerbaijan. And I go, whose land is it? <laughs> and so we're caring for our paneled houses again instead of building the house here. So we've, it's amazing how we'll fight for, we'll fight for the, the pursuits of this life, but the ones to come we give very little attention to. And so what's the hope? The hope is something of God in us. And where do we get that? Well, in our, in our meetings like this, sure, there is something significant about coming together and there's a corporate setting and we're encouraged and we're, um, we, you know, there's, a, there's a, a mutual togetherness and an encouragement to actually go out there and do what we need to do. But if it stops here, we're in trouble. And so there needs to be a taking hold of and a pressing on and a reaching because actually there's people in Iso that we have not yet met. Gold people that we have not yet met. And man, I, I'm, I'm so excited, hey? I'm so excited uh, for what the Lord has to do here. There's a, there's a gold person right there standing at the door. It's lovely to have you here. <laughs> um, and so you know, one of the things that comes to mind, you know, where it speaks about uh, without wavering, you know, I, I had a picture for one of the guys that were in our youth once. And... Um, I saw him, he was doing super well in God, and then all of a sudden, it was just like, man, it was just, it's like he lost his edge, and he started to drift, and it was a hard thing, because I knew, no, one day I'm going to stand before God, and I'm looking after this guy, now I'm trying everything, in, I'm going to say, in my power, it has nothing to do with my power, but the power that he's invested in me, through his spirit, to look after this guy, and to see him through, and, uh, and the Lord gives me this picture as I'm surfing with him, and I just paddle over to him, and I saw, you know, as a kiter, uh, Jojo, you would know, but as a kiter, what you would do is, you, you know, when you're learning, it's a lot of walking. It's a lot of falling. It's a lot of walking. It's a lot of smashing into sand, being dragged across water. It's not a comfortable time, but it's in view of, you know. And, uh, and so one of the things that we would do is you, you'd kite and you'd slowly drift downwind and then you'd walk up the beach. And you'd do that until you get to the point where you're actually able to hold your edge. And there's a ste- almost like a steadfastness and, a, and a, um, an ability to stay upwind. And, uh, and w- what I felt in this, and I felt the Lord remind me of this now, is it actually feels like just be careful that as we are in many ways taking on new things, that there's new water, that, there's, that, that we're not losing our edge and drifting downwind. It's one of the quickest, I mean, it's, it, it's like it goes really wrong really fast. For any of you who have ever kite surfed, it can go, it can go bad very quickly. It's like the moment that edge comes out the water and you're drifting downwind, you pick up way too much speed and you end up just eating it. Like, it's just, yeah. So, so I, I really, um, it's something of an established, something that the Lord wants to establish in our lives so that there is no unwavering. We're not being, being swept uh, by different doctrines and things like that because actually the Lord has already built and established something in us, something that's rooted in Him as a remain in Him as He is in me, a bear fruit to the Father's glory. Okay, remain in Him. All right, and this flows into the teachable, so that was steadfast, and there's so much more that we could add there, but I do feel like that's actually, it's the always and the end, it's that established, so when stuff shakes, that we're not shaking with it, or at least we may be shaking with it, but we're able to withstand it, okay. Colossians 2.6, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted, how cool is this, so all the words that we just used, eh? Rooted, built up, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Keyword, taught. Okay, are we teachable? <laughs> because it's interesting, it's like that's, the, that's what's been built into them, is that we're able to walk in Him. We're rooted now. You're built up. There was a time where I sat, I, no, I had no, we come from a church background, but I had no cooking clue what it meant to really serve Jesus. And, and there was, a, there was a, a time where I had to sit, I mean, I sat next to Ivan, who's preaching in this congregation, I sat next to him for seven years, and there was a building up and encouraging, a, a sorting out at times, uh, like, no, just don't do that, bro. don't do that, you know, it's not going to be good for you, and, and there was just a, a constant sitting next to him, building, building into me, and it made me a little bit more rooted, so, uh, in the faith, and so just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving, also a big key there, thanksgiving. Okay, so are we teachable? 
And I, I see this as being twofold. Okay, I've heard a couple different preachers on this, and I didn't look at any of those. I tried to ask God, okay, for us, Lord, what does this look like? And if, as I consider us as a congregation, I think what I would love for us to actually get out of this uh, is that there is a presenting of our hearts before God, and then there is actually a mutual submission between one another. And so one of the, one of the things... Uh, I'm not going to go there. Sorry. So the presenting of our hearts. Let's look at Psalms, Psalm 139, uh, verses 23. It says, and this is David speaking, a man after God's own heart. And he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along path of everlasting life. That's an incredible scripture. You only ever hear the beginning, search my heart, O God. Search my heart, oh God. And he read the rest and he goes, Shoot, okay. There's a searching, there's a knowing, there's a testing. Uh, test my anxious thoughts. Point out. There's a pointing out. Is there anything that offends you, God? And there's a leading. And uh, those are, I mean, if we really truly ask God and we come before him, we position our hearts before God and go, Lord Jesus, my life right now in what you've called to me, or at least what I believe that you've called me to. What do you see, God? Do you want to point anything out? Is there anything in you that offends me? Uh, that, sorry, anything in me that offends you? Is there anything in me that, oh, is there something that you want to lead me in? Search my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. Search my mind. Is there, is there a pattern of thinking that I'm stuck in that it actually is not honoring to you? It's keeping me from, and, and so there's that presenting of our hearts. And it's amazing. It's like everything actually is about the heart. Yeah, all these things, the faithful, available, steadfast, and teachable. If you look at that, it always starts with the heart. Um, and it's good for us to see because heart is obviously, is most of the time, the hardest to deal with. <laughs> the hardest to deal with. It's like you don't want to go scratching in something that may be there. <laughs> but it's our responsi- responsibility to, before God to display. And if we're not displaying, we're distorting. And so we've got to get that right, eh? All right, so is everyone still with us? Okay, cool, with us, with me. And God in me, I suppose. Um, (laughs) All right. So are you allowing Jesus to know your heart, to test your thoughts, point out what offends him and lead you on? Mutual submission, Acts 18, 24, and I'm going to, we're almost done. Acts 18, 24 to 26, and this is an incredible story, Apollos, Priscilla, and Aquila. And uh, for me, this was just a, <laughs> this is so cool, because it feels like for every other Bible verse, it just smacks it out the park in terms of what you know, <laughs> um, and just showing that actually, in terms of values that we hold before God, these are one of the most important things, is that I, I'm actually able to come humbly and submit myself to someone like a Kim, and go, or whoever else that is walking alongside me, that knows me, that I've actually seen the fruit of their life and be able to go, what do you see? What do you see? And I'll pick up on some of the questions, but first let's read this. Mutual submission. All right. It's here, Acts 18.24. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man. Okay, making note of these. He was an eloquent man, competent in the Scriptures, He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately. Now, just hold on. This is like, I mean, this guy's like the full deal. He's like, he's eloquent. He's skilled in the scriptures. He's been brought up in them. He's taught them. He's fervent in spirit. It's like, what else do you want? Seriously. Hey? And, uh, And he says, and he was able, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. And so you can know everything in, in your own mind. And yet the Lord will reveal something. And often he would choose to use it, choose to do it through someone, someone else. And there may be, but he said it, there may be younger. So I would, uh, if I ever had to speak on parenting, it feels like uh, for some reason, and, and I remember Hannah saying this too, uh, before I had a child, it felt like you were preaching with your hands behind your back. Like already you're not received. Because you mentioned parent and well, you don't have a kid. Jesus never had a kid. He had many. <laughs> but
But what's cool is that we can base it on Scripture. And so I hide behind Scripture and I go, well, this is what the Bible says. And so, so all of a sudden, it's like, and, and for, for us, it's like, we've got to make sure that actually what we know and how much we think we understand, we always need to be in submission to God, presenting of our hearts, and to one another. That is our safe space. It's God's Word, His people, and the Spirit. It's the very GPS that He's given us. God, people, Spirit, for direction in our lives. And so we're making use of that. And I, I can say this, it's very hard to do that when you're not surrounded by people. And so what we'll see is, well, I'm there for church, but and I, this, this has probably happened 20 times since we, since we have planted here where I would message people and they say, and it was lovely to be with you at church, but we won't be at com. Why not? <laughs> I ask, why not? Because actually for me, uh, this in a church setting, in this mutual, uh, yes, sure, it's, it's, it's actually much more comfortable because you get to hear me speak <laughs> and someone else is on the, and you take notes and hopefully somewhere during the week you go through that. But community for me is if of as much importance, if not more, because actually you're coming into a setting where you're in a smaller group where you're sharing one another's hearts and in a space where you're actually able to deal with it without this thing being so we're actually able to be, to, to um, something is being built into us in, a, in terms of sharing our lives with one another, like true family. And that's what we're supposed to do. So when we mention community, man, high value of ours. It's like Maris and Diane and Ina and uh, Francois and Henriette, Lindy and Magnus. I mean, it's like all the guys that have been attending Coma. Sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned names because it feels like you left out. But... But truly, those I've, we've started to get to know one another because we've been in each other's homes. And I see who you really are. Instead of just trying to stand up here and go, Lord, I'm trying to hear you, but what are you saying for these people? Who, who do you want to point out, God? How do you? It's hard. <laughs> I'll do as much as I can. But honestly, it's, it's never as effective as being in one another's homes across from tables. So it's a high value amongst us, man. And um, it's very hard to do that when we are not surrounded with one another. And so uh, I love how Priscilla and Aquila says they take him to one side. Okay, so we haven't read that part yet, eh? Okay, Acts 18. I was actually the baptism of John. You picked up on John this, Martin, uh, this morning, Martin. Interesting. Um, Acts 18, 26. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So despite his qualifications, what he had heard and taught and how fervent he was, and it's like this, this couple come, with, come along and go, wow, you know, it's almost a responsibility to take, yes, Mike, you, you're doing so well, but actually I see something in you. Can I just come to our house, man? Come to our house. And then I, I can almost imagine them sitting, there were probably a meal involved, and they were probably just actually in conversation. There was probably even encouragement. I mean, uh, <laughs> When I look at Paul, there wasn't much. It was just like, we talk about love sandwiches. He just gives a meat, bang, you know? And I think that's how the Lord used him. But, but for us, uh, you know, in terms of encouragement, like, Mike, yes, you're doing so well. And there always needs to be a measure of that. But there also needs to, hey, to go further. For what I believe, you need to take a hold of. You actually need to learn this. Stop excusing yourself. <laughs> Stop excusing yourself. Now I'm doing the opposite. I should have taken you for a meal. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they took him to one side and explained to him the way of God more accurately. I love that, man. It's like they've taken a guy. I don't know how much Priscilla and Aquila knew, but I knew that they were full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. And they took him aside and they said, man, for your own good and before God, we want to just tell you that this is actually, you know, you, you baptizing people in the way that John did, but actually Jesus the Spirit, you know. <laughs> and I can, I can tell you right now, then you see him minister with Paul later on, and, you know, Apollos planted, Paul ordered, and God brought the growth. And so you don't see too much of him, but Paul spoke about him, which means there must be something, because Paul spoke about himself a lot. <laughs> but he spoke about Apollos too, which is cool. Um, so are we surrounding ourselves with those who would hold us to account? And I want to end with this. These are some of the questions, and I just felt like I, I, I want to, in a sense, train us in this, man. Surround yourself with someone that's going to ask you hard questions, okay? 
I've got the, the guy who leads Malkwas um, that, that we sit and we've got questions. He's given me a list of questions and he knows my questions. Uh, how are you doing in your walk with the Lord? What are you reading at the moment in terms of Scripture? Where are you? What is the Lord saying? What are you preaching on? How are you treating your wife? Are you looking at things you shouldn't be looking at? <laughs> Hard questions. <laughs> because everything in you wants to be buddy-buddy. But eh, come on, man. He's called us for more, unless we can take that ground. Uh, you know, and that's actually where the true fellowship comes, is in the lights when there's no shadows. Okay. And so, how easy is it to lead me? <laughs> I don't, I've never been asked that question yet. I'm waiting for the day. How easy is it to lead me? And that's a, it's amazing. You know, when I spoke to some guys this week, and I said, you know, when this prophet speaks, and you receive a prophet, and you receive a prophet's reward, and, and you, as someone prophesying, you can almost pick up that someone is receiving what you're saying. But you can also pick up when you're hitting a brick wall. And it feels like that sometimes. It's like some people go, Kim, how easy am I to lead? And everything in me, it's like I've put that letter together and I've signed at the bottom. And I'm just hoping this one gets passed. <laughs> Seriously. It's like, because uh, I know I haven't been easy to lead in the past. And you, you, would, you would vouch for that. <laughs> More than a yeah. <laughs> Kim used to take me by the... By the I didn't even know what I was doing. Couldn't have been that bad. But it was in a different church, and I was about this high, like young Louis' age, and he used to grab me by the shoulders and just walk next to me like this. I was like, oh, you know? Well, not always easy to lead, you know? And maybe that wasn't the physical, but the spiritual too. Yeah, yeah. And um, so how easy is it to lead you? Um, and some people receive that. It's like, man, everything in me wants to just show you. You're so incredibly easy to lead. You're incredible, man. When I say something, it's like you see God in me and you just adjust. And then sometimes it's, I know that anything I say right now <laughs> is going to feel like well, we have just begun the wrestle. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a ticking time bomb that I've just handed you and we're just waiting for this thing to go off. Uh, and so that's why the positioning of our hearts comes first. God, search me. Because I realize actually sometimes there's people who can't yet relate to people. Maybe there's stuff that you're going through. Present your heart to God and ask Him what He thinks about people. Ask Him what He thinks about when He mentions scriptures like, look to your leaders, those who spoke to you the Word of God, what we're doing now. Consider their way of life. Okay, sometimes you need to consider, it looks chaotic and crazy because you've got a one-year-old boy and he's trying to figure out who he is. And we always don't get it together. And but ultimately, we hope that there's something of a model, something of a, a, a display amongst us. Well, I can follow those guys. They don't have it all together, but I can see their hearts after God, and they're trying. Consider their way of life and imitate their faith. If you do anything, don't imitate my way of life only. Imitate the faith, because that's actually what's going to count for something. Eh? All right. What am I doing that is getting in the way of my destiny? Another good question to ask, and I'm going to end with that. Bobby, maybe you can come up in the meantime. Love us for it to end in a song. But what am I doing that is getting in the way of my destiny? <laughs> I remember um, Andrew always saying that uh, the Lord asked him to give up surfing for a stage. And at a stage, that would have really wrecked me. I would have gone, no, that's not God. That's not, that's not that can't be, you know. He put that passion within me, you know. You can justify it as much as you want. Uh, but, like, if there's something that is getting, I can honestly say it's not a, not a God anymore. I'm actually enjoying surfing a little bit more. <laughs> but um, what is it? Have you asked someone? Because we have these blind spots. And the Lord has actually asked us to look like Him, to display the image of God. And so, what is it that is getting in the way of destiny? Have you asked that question? Sorry, the kids are so, so distracting in there. Maybe we can stand. <laughs> I can see all of you. It's gone. <laughs> Maybe we can stand. <laughs> uh, you know, as I was considering today, I was kind of asking God, Lord, where, where do you want to lead this time? I, I don't necessarily just want it to end up in, oh, well, that was good. Those were some good notes, and hopefully I'll work through them. But I, I do, 
I want to trust God this morning that there would be something of His heart revealed to us in a way that we should be living and actually coming to terms with the fact that He doesn't delight in the strength of the horses, in the legs of horses, but in the strength or in the strength of men. But He delights in those who fear Him, those who follow after Him, those who love Him. And this morning, maybe if we can just close our eyes, I, I realized we were, we were going through scriptures in Colossians that said, you know, the, you were once alienated and hostile in your thinking. And, and for us this morning, I, I don't want to go away without giving that opportunity this morning to someone to actually go, Lord, I realize just as Mike's been sharing that actually maybe even my mind is hostile to you. It's, it feels like I'm alienated, like I'm, that I'm busy with things that maybe are not of importance and I've actually never come to know who you are. I don't feel like I have that hope. I don't feel like I'm steadfast and rooted in you. And I recognize this morning that your love is steadfast. (laughs) And so this morning with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to ask, are you just existing? Because the reality is that He wants to use you. And so are you willing to be used by Him? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And the key word there is in Him. And if you're not in Him this morning, I want to encourage you. Man, He's calling you <laughs> to Himself. And so this morning, if you haven't made that decision to follow Christ, to give Him your life, to follow after, to deny yourself and pick up the cross and follow Him, won't you just raise your hand? If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. doesn't matter if it's for the first time, if it's a recommitment. It's all the same. It's like God himself wants to appear to you today and go, I want to use you. I've chosen to use you. I have a purpose and a destiny for you. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand?